you know we have to talk about the travesty that was Florida State getting left out of the playoffs. That and other takeaways from Week 13 of the NFL on today's Renner Ranks. This is Renner Ranks, the ultimate NFL ranking show. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Into today's episode of Renner Ranks, your go-to daily rankings podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. And a special shout-out to all you everydayers out there. Don't forget to subscribe, follow, like. It's free on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Helps out a ton. And I am your host, Mike Renner, NFL Draft Analyst for The Messenger. And today's podcast is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app. Create an account and use code Lockdown NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. I'm gonna get to the Week Thirteen NFL takeaways, and the first takeaway is technically not NFL related, but it is football related. And if you were living under a rock this weekend, you may not have heard. But if you weren't, Florida State got left out of the playoffs as a thirteen and zero Power Five conference winner. This should make every single football fan out there irate. And you can say best four all you want. And if you truly believe in the best four, you do not believe in the spirit that is college football or football in general. You earn it on the football field. And FSU earned it on the football field for 13 straight weeks. They scheduled two Power Five out-of-conference opponents in from the SEC in LSU, who they absolutely clowned week one. The most LSU got blown out all season long, 45 to 24. The lowest point total all season long that LSU had. Only actually gave up 17 points before garbage time in that game. Held Louisville in their must-win conference championship game to six points in that ACC title game. And to me, football is still a team game. Yes, you lost Jordan Travis. Yes, you lost your quarterback. But Jordan Travis ain't a world beater. This isn't like USC losing Caleb Williams, right? Jordan Travis is probably not going to get drafted in the NFL, even prior to that injury. He's not like an amazing, he's a good college quarterback for sure. He's a big loss to a team. But this team that has NFL talent up and down this roster, that is why they were undefeated this year. That's why their defense has been so good. Is because they have a first-round pass rusher and a guy in Jared Verse. You know, they have a first-round wide receiver and a guy in Keon Coleman. They have talent. That is how you go 13-0. And to get left out, and I get it's a weird year in terms of who was all there at the end, over two other one-loss teams, it's just, it's a tough pill to swallow. Because you didn't look as good at the end of the year, I don't think that should matter. It's, you should have to earn it on a football field. And I don't get how the ACC can survive after this, right? Like, how can the ACC and the Big 12, in good faith, continue to try to be a part of this playoff scenario, even though they are expanding the field, when the committee has shown at every single turn they're probably going to now give deference to these super conferences and the SEC and the Big 10 and what they're adding in the coming years with Texas and Oklahoma, with Washington, Oregon, UCLA, USC going to the Big Ten. I don't get how the ACC and the Big 12 are going to survive as conferences when that's the case. Number two, to back to the NFL here. <laughs> On a little lighter note, 
Tyreek Hill, if an MVP was ever going to go to a non-quarterback in this day and age, Tyreek Hill is your MVP this season, if it ever were to. Now, the value proposition in that, and again, especially in the NFL, the quarterback position, less so in college, as we just talked about with Jordan Travis, but more so in the NFL, the quarterback is the most valuable position on the football field. The how much that guy adds above, you know, your replacement level quarterback is massive, even in the most quarterback friendly of offenses, right? So if it's truly based off of the value, you're not going to get a non-quarterback anytime soon. But we are in the midst of the single most impressive receiving season, bar none, truly not even close at this point of what Tyreek Hill is doing. He is Averaging. So after five catches for 157 yards and two scores this weekend, two of those of 60 plus yards out on only 18 routes against the Washington Commanders, just utterly absurd. He is now averaging 4.27 yards per route. That is the most that PFF has in their history by a half yard right now, the highest total that they've ever had, ever collected. The second best in the NFL right now is Brandon Ayuk at 3.01 yards per route. So the difference between Tyreek Hill and Brandon Ayuk, first and second in terms of yards per route, is the same as the difference between second in Ayuk and 35th in Kendrick Bourne. That means that Tyreek Hill is so much more efficient than Brandon Ayuk. It's like comparing Brandon Ayuk to Kendrick Bourne this year in terms of efficiency. He is on pace for over 2,000 yards this year now. He has nearly 300 more receiving yards than anyone else in the NFL. 12 touchdowns. His receiver leads the NFL as well. And he is 46 in the NFL in routes run. He is on pace to have fewer routes run than Calvin Johnson did through 11 weeks of his 2012 season where he set the NFL receiving record. It's unbelievable what this man is doing. And the fact that teams still can't figure out a way to double him is obviously uh, kudos to you know Jalen Waddle in that offense, but also Mike McDaniel scheming it up. Un the, the man has since he you know since 2018 he has been the single most dangerous weapon in the NFL. I believe I wrote an article calling him as much the single most valuable offensive weapon outside of the quarterback position ever since then. And 29 years old, still at his prime somehow with that elite speed does not look like he's lost a step whatsoever. And again, if we were, I still don't think he is the MVP. I'll get to who I do think is the MVP here in a second. I actually sold it, said it on last week's pod. But if you were going to give it to a non-quarterback, if you did want to throw the value part out the window for one season and just call it the most impressive player in the NFL this year, it is Tyreek Hill. All right, before we get to the next one here, today's podcast brought to you by BetterHelp. Whether or not you, whether or not your family gives gifts during the holidays, you get to find how you give to yourself. And the holidays are a great time to start doing that. So whether it's by starting therapy, going easier on yourself during the tough moments, or treating yourself to a day of complete rest, remember to give yourself some love this holiday season. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. 
Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on today to get ten percent off ten percent off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash l o c k e d o n. All right, on to the third takeaway from Week Thirteen of the NFL season. And it's another MVP related one. And is Brock Purdy is not your MVP this year. I know he's the odds on favorite right now. Do not vote for Brock Purdy to be the MVP. But that being said, he is a perfect fit for the 49ers offense. And in my opinion, if you're calling him a product of that scheme, you are sorely, sorely mistaken. There is a reason why Iowa State was relevant when this guy was their starting quarterback for four years and hasn't been relevant since. And hadn't been relevant before that. And it's because he plays winning football. He avoids a lot of the things that are losing football. I'll just say, you know, he's he avoids negative plays really well in terms of taking sacks. He's 20th in the NFL in sacks this season, despite playing behind an offensive line that truly is not good in pass protection. When they get in obvious pass situations, it has been ugly. He's been able to avoid them, though. He's been able to handle pressure, and he's been able to still make plays when that's the case he's so accurate underneath with football with good timing on those routes and that's that is this offense right there's a lot of quarterbacks in the nfl that could run it there's a lot of quarterbacks in the nfl though that are high-end starters that would not look as good as brock purdy in this offense because they don't do that aspect of the game well purdy does against the eagles their pass rush was darn near non-existent obviously some of that's game planning but also some of that's brock purdy having a 2.58 average time to throw and so it's like a lot of the things that Jimmy G was good at Purdy is not only as good at, but better, but then adds another element to the table. That is that gamer factor that he's going to give his guys chances to make plays. He's not scared to throw 50, 50 balls. He's not scared to throw with anticipation, trusting his guys down the football field in situations that Jimmy G just would never have pulled the trigger on. So yes, there's a reason why, the three highest yards per attempt in the NFL right now all come from the same offensive tree, right? With which is Tua, Purdy, and CJ Stroud. That offense, it gives you a lot of easy throws. It's their sound offensive football technicians, those head coaches and play callers. So, yes, that's always you're always going to want that. But I think Purdy takes it to another level. Now, it's also because you have an insane amount of talent, and when you have Juwan Jennings making plays as well. You know you're living right as San Francisco 49ers. You know this team is going to be difficult to stop whenever it is. But let's get real. Dak's the MVP right now. He is playing at a level that no one else across the league is currently. And so while Brock isn't your MVP, put some respect on his name. Brock Purdy is a big reason why this 49ers team is an absolute house right now. Fourth takeaway from week 13 of the 2023 NFL season. The 2022 cornerback class looks like it could be an all-timer from the early returns here. Now, Sauce Gardner already looking like an all-timer. The start to this guy's career is nothing short of Hall of Fame worthy. This season, 225 yards allowed all year, only one touchdown, and now he missed a little bit of time, but I believe it was only one game. 25 of 38 targets, six pass breakups. He's the best cornerback in the NFL. There's... I don't even want to hear a debate on that topic at the moment. Sauce Gardner is playing at an unbelievable level still. But then you have Derek Stingley Jr., the guy who went one pick before him, 
balling out as well. Now, he's a little bit more of a risk taker. He has not been the shutdown lockdown guy that Sauce Gardner is, but he now has four picks in six games this year. It was obviously banged up, missed a bunch of time, only came back recently. But since he's come back, three straight games with picks, two picks this past weekend, two pass breakups in his six games this year. His ball skills outstanding. Still jumps probably a few too many routes than he should. But Derek Stingley is going to be a guy who gets his hands on a lot of footballs. The next cornerback off the board in that class, Trent McDuffie. One of, if not the best slot cornerback in the NFL already. He's so impactful in all phases of playing that slot cornerback position, whether it's playing the run, whether it's as a blitzer where he leads all defensive backs with 13 pressures this season, whether it's um, just all around being able to play man coverage from the slot with two-way goes, uh, and whether it's the game-changing plays. The man has five forced fumbles this season. That's first among defensive backs and second most of anyone in the NFL right now. Only Khalil Mack has more with six. So those three at the top, the one, two, three, they were, I believe, three top ten players on my board coming out. I, I was very high on all three of those guys and home runs through and through. But then also you got guys like Tariq Woolen later on in that draft. You have guys who hasn't had quite the year two. They did year one. But still, there's a lot to work with when you watch his tape and the recovery speed he has with his length. And then you've got Deron Bland, who probably a little bit too inconsistent to get my vote for defensive player of the year this year. But you can't argue with the guy with the most pick sixes in NFL history in a single season. Leads the NFL now with eight picks, six pass breakups. He is unbelievable at keying downhill on outbreaking routes or in breaking routes. He, he has a unique sense of reading stems, even if he's not a pure man match mirror along the full route tree type of corner, his eyes to read receivers from off coverage is nothing short of special. And that's how you break the record the way he has. So 2022 quarterback class, cornerback class, excuse me, looking, looking pretty darn good after a year in three quarters here. Now, before we get to the final takeaway Today's podcast is brought to you by GameTime. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. GameTime is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, GameTime takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. GameTime is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices show your total upfront so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. Buy tickets in seconds with two taps. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of events and even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last minute seats. Find exclusive flash deals and sponsor deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNNFL for $20 off your first purchase. All right, the final takeaway from week 13, and it's it's a little bit of a somber note. I hate to do this to him, but I, until now, believe that Bill Belichick would be the head coach of the New England Patriots next year. I did not think he was going to go out like this, right? I think he's going to go out like this. I, I don't see how you can sell it to the fan base any other way after a zero point outing a zero to six loss 
against the Los Angeles Chargers. Their third straight loss when giving up 10 points or less. The offense is utterly abysmal. And they've scored only over 20 points only once this season. Obviously, the past three games, zero points, seven points, six points. They're limp into the barn here is the Steelers, Chiefs, Broncos, Bills, Jets. They may not win another game. May very well end up with a first or second overall pick at this rate. More likely than not at this point. And now have the second most cap space in the NFL next season. So this is a key offseason. This is a big rebuild shape the future sort of off season. And do we trust Bill at this point to be the one in charge of that, right? Because he's had the keys to the castle for last, you know, his tenure there over New England Patriots. And the last four years have been degrading every single season since it just every single season since Brady it has not, there's been no area where you're saying we're getting better there. Things are looking better here. Here's why we should be excited for next season. And I still trust him as a defensive mind. The guy can game plan better than anyone else in NFL history on the defense side of the ball. But their approach to offense isn't working, quite obviously. His refusal to add new ideas into the fold I think is costing this team. And again, if you are Robert Kraft, I, I know it's a very, very difficult decision, but how, how much longer is a 71 year old Bill Belichick going to be doing this? Right. You, you would hope, you know, he could go out on his own terms. You would hope he could go out on top, but how far away from are you from on top at this point? You are, arguably the most depleted roster now in the NFL from a talent perspective, the guys you've identified on offense, whether it's via free agency, via the draft, the past handful of seasons have been utter duds left and right. At that point, it's difficult to buy in that things will all of a sudden change around now that we have cap space, now that we have high draft picks. I, I just think you you're at a tough spot, but I really do think that, unfortunately, with how bad it got, I, I don't see Bill Belichick being the head coach there next season. Sucks to say. Truly does. But watching them against the Chargers was – that wasn't – that was not 2023 modern offensive football. And I know that points are down, but that was not what it's supposed to look like. My Lord. Whew. All right. There's it, your five takeaways from week 13 of the NFL season. We'll be back tomorrow talking a little NFL draft, and we are going to do a mock draft on here. First one of the year, going to be a two-parter. We'll go picks 1 through 16 on tomorrow's show, picks 17 through 32 on Wednesday's show. Get ready for that. Very excited. First mock draft of the Renner Ranks season. You've been listening to. Renner Ranks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.